Let us pray. Lord God, may your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to your path. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading this morning comes from Psalm 107, verses 1 through 9, and then verse 43. Listen for the word of the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town, hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached an uninhabited town. Let them, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry he fills with good things. Let those who are wise pay attention to these things and consider the steadfast love of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, friends. Today's New Testament scripture comes from the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Listen for the word of the Lord. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, friend, who set me to be the judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable, the land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared Whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Almighty and everlasting Father, use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Be present with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's sermon title is, 
Are you rich in the Lord? At first glance, this passage appears self-explanatory. Jesus wants us to know that we cannot take all that we acquire on earth with us when we die. All of our earthly possessions are just that, earthly possessions which are left behind. Left behind for someone's or several individual's inheritance. Simple, right? Not quite. A closer look into this passage reveals a common problem that time, of that time that is also a problem for us today, namely the storing or stocking up of possessions. The passage opens with someone in the crowd asking Jesus to settle an inheritance dispute between two brothers. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, it was not uncommon for individuals to bring their disputes to the rabbi or teacher in the community. Rabbis were well-educated and well-respected individuals. They were equipped to settle disagreements. Jesus had quite the following, for the beginning of chapter 12 tells us that a crowd of many thousands were gathered. Among the crowd was this one man who apparently trusted in Jesus' teachings enough to, to ask Jesus to resolve the issue of inheritance between him and his brother. Evidently, the man's older brother refused to give him what he felt he was due. The law of inheritance stipulated that the elder brother would receive a double portion of the inheritance. Obviously, this man, the younger brother, must have felt as though he was not getting his fair share of the inheritance or any of it at all. Jesus knew what was at the heart of the man's request, greed. So Jesus rejected the request and replied, friend, who set me to be your judge and arbitrator over you? Then Jesus warned, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For the one's life does not consist of abundance of possessions. Today, the ugly dispute over an inheritance is all too familiar. Haggling over furniture, dishes, silverware, house, land, savings account left by the deceased. We hear it in the news, inheritance disputes of the rich and famous as well as common people alike. One sibling sues over possessions they feel they did not receive in error. Why did so-and-so get all the money? He'll spend it frivolously. Why didn't I get the coin collection? He knew I was a collector of coins too. Why didn't I get the house? I helped her take care of that house as she grew older. While we do not live under the law of inheritance as in the Bible, many want their fair share of the inheritance from the deceased. But Jesus warned the Christians today the same way he warns the followers back then. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. 
Jesus took advantage of the teachable moment and told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. As I read through these verses, several things stood out in my mind. First, verse 16 emphasizes the riches of the land. Verse 16 does not say the man worked the land very hard day and night and therefore the land was rich, uh, the land of the rich man was uh, produced abundantly. This verse does not tell us whether or not the rich man had hired hands to work the land and caused it to bring forth a bountiful harvest. No, the scripture merely says the land of the rich man produced abundantly. As believers, we know the miraculous things God is capable of doing with God's creations. God provided the land. God provided the great environment with sun and rain. Because of God's provisions, the land flourished, generating crops that grew like wildfire. This man should be filled with gratitude towards God for the overflowing blessing of the land that produced abundantly. But as we read in the following verses, that was not the case. What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. I will do this, I will pull down my barns, I will build larger ones, and I will store my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for you for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Have you ever read so many I and my language in a passage of scripture? It is really quite remarkable how self-centered this man is, believing that he is responsible for all that the land produced. Have you ever met a person like the rich man who boasts about all that he has or, or how many possessions or accomplishments that he has made. It is deafening to listen to someone who is so self-centered because she never attributes the many blessings of her, of her possessions or accomplishments to anything else except self, not even God. It is an aggressive self-centeredness that squeezes out and overlooks the many people who have contributed along the way. I will do this. I will pull down my barns. I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, and after these things are done, I will relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Does this man have any family or friends 
whom he can share his possessions? The scripture does not say. But the scripture does say that he speaks to his own psyche. In the, it's the Greek word meaning soul. This man is obsessed with saving for a rainy day, I guess. Maybe he has in mind the way Joseph stored up grain in the years of abundance in preparation for the lean years. If this was the case, the rich man missed the fact that Joseph shared the grain with others even as he stored grain for the future. The late great theologian Fred Craddock once said, it is no giant step to move from the fear and intimidation which produces silence and denial to the larger arena of anxiety and fear which produce greed and a grasping after things as a means of securing one's future. This craving to accumulate and store or hoard not only puts God's puts goods in the place of God, but is an act of total disregard for the needs of others. There is nothing here, graft or theft. There is no mistreatment of workers or any criminal act. Soil, sun, and rain join to make this man wealthy. He is careful and conservative. If he is not unjust, then what is he? Verse 20 says, he is a fool. He lives completely to himself. He talks to himself. He plans for himself. He congratulates himself. This self-absorbed man was floating on cloud nine, but God quickly brought the rich man down to earth when he said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? After all of this work, tearing down old barns and building larger barns, after all of his planning and storing of grains and goods, the rich man dies. He did not get to relax and enjoy all that he stored away for himself for the future. In his words, he did not have the opportunity to relax, eat, drink, and be merry. So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. John Wesley's rule of life was to save all he could and give all he could. When he was at Oxford, he had an income of roughly 30 pounds or around $30 a year. He lived on 28 and gave away two. When his income increased to 60 to 90 and 120 pounds a year, he still lived on 28 and gave away the balance. This is the Christian way to be rich towards God. Brothers and sisters, God wants us to be responsible with the many blessings God graciously gives and to know that God's provisions are enough to share with those in need as well as enough for the present and the future. After all your work, 
planning and saving, enjoying the fruits of your labor, and you die, what then? Have you or how have you worked, planned, and saved for your salvation in Christ? How are you rich in the Lord? Well, there are a few ways we can learn to be rich in the Lord. First, we need to guard against the temptation to set popular culture in today's society to acquire all riches of the earth and be responsible with our blessings from God. Sometimes in our upward mobility, we are tempted to strive for the quote-unquote finer things in life, the big house in the covenant community with all the bells and whistles or a fancy car with all the push-button technology and of course the great corporate job with the portfolio to match that enables one to access the finer things in life. Work hard, play hard, as the saying goes, but do so with the bigger picture in mind. God's view of the life given to you. What will you do with all that God has given you? Will you splurge on things for yourself and yourself alone? Or will you share your blessing with family, friends, and people who are in need? God understands our need to plan for the future. God understands that right now we need to prepare for retirement here on earth. Unfortunately, not all of us make it to retirement, but God understands that planning is a part of our life here and now. So how much is required as we plan? How much is enough for our future? Will you be like the rich man saving, saving all of it for yourself? Or will you figure out how much will be needed and share the surplus? God is our provider. God wants us to be responsible with our blessings. God wants us to look out for our neighbor. When we care for the needs of others in our community, we show how rich we are towards God. Second, we need to work in God's economy or God's plan, a provision for humanity. So what, does the, what is the meaning of God's economy? Oikonomia in the Greek language. This word means economy. According to Bible scholars, the word oikonomia has two parts, oikos meaning house and nomos meaning law or administration. It is a household arrangement for distributing the riches of a family to the members of the household. God has such an economy to care for the needs of God's great household. God is infinitely rich. God's riches include all that God is to us for our enjoyment. God is rich in divine attributes of love, light, holiness, in righteousness. God wants all the riches of God's being to be distributed to us, to be enjoyed by us, and to be expressed through us. To carry out 
this purpose, God made an economy, a divine plan, with an arrangement for distributing God's self. We are a part of God's economy. Then God said, let us make humans in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. The Lord God formed man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, neshama in the Hebrew language. And the man became a living soul or being, nefesh in the Hebrew language. God made us body, soul, and spirit as disciples to share and enjoy God with others. We were made to share God's love and light with our family, with our friends, with the community, with the whole world. We are rich in God when we participate in God's economy. Finally, we are rich in God when we commit to remembering God in every aspect of our lives. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away. When you lie down and when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We are signposts for God. To be a Christian and a signpost for God means to remember God in everything that we do. Wake up in the morning and praise God for yet another day. Take God to work and consult God on your challenging projects and time management for your upcoming deadlines. Take God to the gym and share the good news with a friend or a stranger. Take God to the streets and lend a helping hand to the homeless. Share your resources and direct them to the resources that will help them along the way. When you return home, share with your family how God has blessed you throughout the day. And when you go to bed at night, thank God for God's graciousness in your life and ask God to show you how not to be the rich man in this parable, but to be rich towards God. Amen? Amen. Brothers and sisters, we celebrate by praising our God, who warns us not to be rich in earthly possessions, but rich towards God by sharing our blessings with one another. The scripture says, all who believe were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Praise God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who are being saved. 
Jesus' church is open to all. Friends, if you are looking and searching for a church home where you can participate in the life and body of Christ, Pastor Calvin and I are available to talk to you. It could be here at Grace Covenant or another church, but we want to help you find the church community that's right for you. To God be the glory. Amen.